you're watching the Win by Two podcast powered by Dimer 2K. I am very excited to officially get the show underway with our very first guest, Coach Len of the Gen G Tigers of Shanghai. Uh, Len, I, I appreciate you helping us pilot the, the inaugural episode. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you for having me. I, uh, you know, I ha- kind of have a tight bond with the, with the Dimer crew there. So for me to be part of the, that first week, uh, it's, it's exciting, man. So thank you. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, before we kind of get into, you know, your journey, um, you know, what you've, your team has gone through uh, in its first ever season in the NBA 2K League, uh, just to kind of touch on that Dimer relationship, um, talk about your team or talk about your time with Dimer. Like, how, how did you end up creating content for the website? Yeah, so Dimer... Um you know, I was kind of like the third guy or not even like, I mean, so like, it's funny, even when I got on, you know, they, they spoke about you yourself, you know, being part of that first uh, group of guys to join in uh, with Josiah. Um, And then you took a little break yourself. Uh, And so, you know, Josiah ended up transcending it into more so like a, uh, you know, more of a news outlet as far as like breaking news and stuff like that. And that's really when I took notice of it. Um, around that time, I was still trying to qualify for the league as a player. Um, but me being the person I am, I like to cover all my bases and things like that. And uh, I always wanted to be involved with the league in some sort of uh, fashion. Um, and so I kind of let the guys at Dimer know, hey, you know, if I if I'm not able to make the the league this year, I'd I'd love to hop on board with you guys and and really help uh, you know help the league progress and grow. And they were like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll consider it. And I you know fast forward a little bit, and I ended up not getting drafted. Uh, and they hit me up and said, hey, you know, it's I know it's a weird time, but if, if you're still interested, we're still interested. And I said, of course, man, yeah, uh, let's do it. So. Uh, I ended up getting on board with them. Uh, I kind of have like a a film background. So uh, we had some ideas as far as creating more video content. That's how we ended up coming with coming up with like the Dimer playbook um, idea and things of that fashion. And um, and yeah, I mean, they, they also helped me. You know, I had no writing experience prior, prior to getting to Dimer and uh, he, uh, yeah, Will probably had some long, uh, stressful edits for me, um, but he, he's, you know, he's a great guy. He's very patient and uh, helped me grow in that aspect a lot. Um, but yeah, it was fun, man. Like, you know, I ended up even, you know, there, there were, you know, uh, Dimer's kind of, a lot of people started to look at it more as like a, hey, who's asking for a trade type thing. But I think they've done a good job of rounding it back to um, just being sort of like a news outlet. Uh, obviously, there's no trades or anything going on in that, and I fully expect them to break that type of stuff. I think it's necessary, but I think we kind of got lost in it w- with me even there uh, trying to find like the breaking news or like the, the trade rumors and, and things of that sort. And, you know, I, I, I had my connections with that. Uh, I, I just wanted to help Josiah and, and those aspects. So I, I kind of adapted to that type of person who was really just, you know, willing to do any and everything for, for Dimer. And, uh, and it was fun, man. You know, those, I learned a lot from those guys and, and we still keep in touch a lot. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're obviously extremely proud of you. Um, for other, I know with, you know, you, you and you kind of, described your background a little bit headed into Dimer, but for other content creators, regardless of affiliate, it doesn't have to be Dimer, what advice would you give to those trying to maybe get into the competitive 2K scene in terms of coverage, in terms of content? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the first thing is being open. Like, I, I, I find that people, um, they, they, they think there's a specific blueprint to, to, to doing things a certain way. Um, and I think, you know, I think when you find the best content, it's when you're open to doing things that necessarily you may have never seen yourself doing. Um, and I think even with something as fresh as the league, you know, we're only in our third season. Um, no one really has the right answers. No one really has the right content ideas. You kind of just throw things at a, 
at a wall and hope it looks cool, you know? And, um, <laughs> and yeah, even for yourself, like, I love the whole, you know, film breakdown you're doing with the Raptors. Like, I think that stuff is just, I love, um, seeing different perspectives of like people's, you know, breakdowns of what they see is happening. Like that's the stuff I really like, like lists are cool. Uh, power rankings are cool. They're all necessary, you know, but I think when you find, you know, things you can really voice your opinion on and, and give people perspective uh, as to why things look a certain way, why the league is trending in a certain way. Uh, I think that's the, um, I think that's when you're really finding that good content. Right. That, di that, that diversity of content, I, I think I agree with you, will kind of elevate the quality and progress the quality uh, of the coverage that the 2K League gets. Um, yes, speaking of progression, you know, moving past Dimer, you eventually move into a front office or, or, or a coaching position. How did that opportunity come up with Gen G um, and, and just kind of talk about that process? Yeah, so I mean, as I was saying, I've always had aspirations of being a part of the league. Uh, being with Dimer was really more so covering the league, and you know, I was fine with it. Uh, but you know, I'm a I'm a little older than than people uh, who, you know, I'm a little older to just do kind of things for free for my whole life. Uh, so you know, I always had aspirations of, you know, finding some sort of career in the league, and so I was I was you know persistent and 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 my efforts as far as like finding different ways to get inside uh specifically the league um you know there was a couple other coaching opportunities that i um interviewed for made it to third fourth stage uh and, and then was declined so i um you know at those times I, I really felt like oh man i felt like this is a perfect opportunity but you know once once gen g was announced and i was able to really get in there and, and, and talk to the organization and everything. I, I knew just from jump that this would be the perfect opportunity for me. Just everything they, they were about, um, their whole vision, uh, for how they're trying to help the league grow. It's everything that, um, that I could ask for. Uh, and, and yeah, so, um, ended up interviewing there, what, you know, ended up having to do a couple, couple different ones, flying out to LA, talking face to face and, um, and they called me and said, Hey, you're our guy. So, um, I was just, you know, it, it, it was a ecstatic feeling for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, moving to, you know, you get the job, uh, you're, you're part of this brand new franchise, uh, and then you now have to tackle the draft and all the challenges that come with putting together an expansion team. Um, what went into the thought process for you and what, like just basically, what was your what was your approach behind the general makeup of the roster? Like, what did you want to accomplish? Um, I I could act like I'm some sort of genius <laughs> and I knew what it looked like uh, prior to it happening. Uh, but with a draft, you kind of just you have an idea of how it's going to go. You have an idea of how you want it to go, and then there's how it goes. You know, and um, so coming in, I know I definitely wanted guys who were talented. I, I wanted guys who could adapt, can adjust. Uh, looking at the first two seasons, um, you saw meta changes, even from season one to season two, totally different games. From season two to season three, totally different games. I want guys who uh, I could find, you know, longevity in and, 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 and guys who could figure it out game heads as as people in the community would call them um so that always off rip that was really what i looked for in guys i was interviewing guys i was scouting uh but then i also wanted guys that i knew i could bring here and guys who were willing to buy into a culture of trusting each other a, a culture of of pushing each other to get better um i think when you look at the best teams in this league throughout the history of it as, short it, as short as it is, you have that. You have guys who are willing to hold each other accountable. You have guys who are willing to trust each other. Um, and I think we started off great with that. You know, turn up, we selected him in the expansion draft. They selected him prior to uh, 
hiring me, but you know, even when they, they selected, I'm like, man, that's such a great pick. Uh, he and I even have some history playing pro-am uh, together and stuff. And I hmm. think hmm. Uh, that that's even carried over into our player coach relationship. Like he's been a great leader, uh, a great guy for us uh, transitioning to a new organization. You know, I, I don't think people realize how, uh, difficult it is going from one of the best teams in the league to then starting fresh and hoping that you can figure it out. And I say hoping, cause you don't really know the direction of the, of the franchise when you first get picked there. Um, and just hoping that it turns into what you've been a part of before, you know, and we saw season one from with shots going to, from Portland, one of the best teams in the league, uh, to Atlanta, and we saw how that ended up going. Then you had Turnup, who went from the champions to, you know, one of uh, the newer teams this year and hoping that, hey, you know, we can, we can find that same type of brotherhood, same type of uh, success as he found in Minnesota with that new team. Um, so it's been great having him. I think he's adapted really well to sort of becoming that leader. I think when you look at uh, the the player he was in Minnesota, he was more so, you know, more so what you would call like a glue guy. Like Bear was the one on the cameras. Bear was the one doing all the interviews and, and talking trash to the other teams. And he was just doing his job, you know, whereas uh, as uh, his role with this team is, is, is similar to what Bear had to be. You know, we have Kai as well. Uh, but with Kai being younger and, and turn up being our only veteran, he's kind of had to really, you know, there's been times where we were down, you know, uh, against the Blazers uh, last week, we, we had really good week of practice and um, we, we wanted to sweep them. We knew we turned the corner uh, and then we go that first half and we're down 20 or down 17. And we're like, we're back to square one again. Like we're doing stupid mistakes. We got to figure this out. And, and if you know, turn up, you know, he's quiet, but man, he, he, he got up and he was very vocal and, and 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 you really saw that leader come out of him. So seeing that uh, seeing that growth, and we've seen it amongst all our guys this year. Uh, but seeing that growth amongst him specifically, it's just exactly what we wanted. And I know I rambled on, sorry, but uh, I, there's just uh, when you think of the mock-up of our team, it's kind of turned into uh, just something we 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 hoped for, but just you know, it, it's hard to truly envision it going the way you want it to. So, uh, but it's been great. Like they're, they're all, they're all you know, they're all developing in, in the certain areas that they're needed and that's necessary and it's great. Yeah, dude, by all, by all means, don't hesitate to ramble on. That was, that was, that was informative and really valuable for us. Um, you mentioned Shifty Kai through that. Um, I, I think it's been well-documented, uh, the challenges and you know, I'll use the word controversy around drafting Shifty Kai and, and the storylines that kind of revolved around him during that time. Um, you guys ended up picking him anyways uh, and, and making him an integral part of your team. How has that relationship evolved since draft night? Yeah, I mean, it's evolved uh, tremendously. And I think when you look at our team, when you when you look, you know, it's kind of good they give that insight of the how the how the point guard is reacting throughout the games uh, on the stream. Uh, you can even see sort of a difference. You know, he's, he's hyping people up. He's, he's really turned into like a, a leader for us. And I think that's really a quality that's, uh, you know, he's always been, uh, for me, he, he was always the best player in the draft. Uh, politics aside, whatever, whatever was going on, he was always the guy that we thought was the best player in the draft. Um, so for him to fall to us, it was great. I, I'm not going to sit here and say we never had doubts of taking him. Uh, you know, when when it goes a certain way, like I said, I'm not perfect. I'm not some sort of crazy genius. Uh, you you want it to work out, but you know, as you're seeing, you know, even in Toronto now, uh, with a guy who didn't want to be there, they still brought him there, and how it ended up turning out, you never really know, right? So um, you you kind of hope for the best, and you kind of believe in the qualities that you have around you as far as the organization, as far as your morals uh, as a coach, right? And, and, and really believing in getting a guy to believe in the organization, believe in himself as, the, as a leader and, and, and really focusing on that throughout the, the time being here. And uh, 
yeah, I just see, I've just seen him grow tremendously. You know, it's kind of, I, I don't know if teams, uh, how many teams would admit it, but there, there's definitely some sort of advantage uh, having more time with the quarantine and everything. You know, uh, usually after the draft, you, you get two weeks and um, you're straight to tip off. Uh, with the quarantine, it gave us like an extra two months to get to know each other, try different lineups, uh, learn more about each other's tendencies, play more of these teams and see what they're doing right, see what they're doing wrong. And I think that sort of benefited us. Uh, I think initially to start the season, we overthought some things that that we may that we thought may have played uh, a bigger factor than they actually did, and that's why you saw certain guys playing certain positions that may have confused you uh but once we were able to reel that back in um we've been looking good man like we 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 were we were confident yesterday we were super confident yesterday and for us to drop it i know a lot of people talk about moral victories and stuff like that um but we went into that series thinking we could win it we didn't care if they had host or anything um and so it's it sucks. We you know we were we it was very quiet after we lost that game. We weren't we weren't a team who 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 lost that game and thought wow we just lost to the, one of the the best teams in the history of the league. We thought we could beat that team. Uh, so um, we're we're definitely not satisfied with just getting third or fourth place. Um, but to reel it back with Kai, I think uh, you know I, I, he's he's great man. Like he he's he's developing a lot. Uh, and and um, he, he he's just been great here. It's it's awesome. No, definitely a, a candidate for for rookie of the year. You you had kind of touched on the tip off tournament. Um, you guys getting as you said knocked out uh, the semifinals uh, by the eventual champions Raptors Uprising. Um, but I mean even even just the whole marathon of a week. You know you got past the group stage. You, you beat the Cavs. Uh, you took the Raptors to the limit. Um, and even before that. You know, during week six against the Blazers, you, you guys have looked really different. The The record that you guys have doesn't match the product that we're seeing on the court. What do you think has been different for the team? Like, what is the team doing differently um, between now and then the beginning of the season? Um, I've always thought this was the best lineup. Um, but if you don't have five guys who think it's the best lineup, it's really hard to to maximize it. And I think, um, you know, as much as we've had to move around lineups and stuff, I think it's also, um, I think it's kind of woken guys up to, okay, yeah, this is the lineup we really have to run. This is the role I really have to play. Uh, and if I can play it to my best of ability and we can win some money doing it, let's do it. So I think, um, I think us being able to come around to that and, uh, and really buy into one through five, our one being the best one, our two being the best two, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I think that's what you're seeing now. I think you're seeing guys, you know, you see a guy like, like Killy, for instance, uh, he was one of the most winningest point guards uh, pre-draft. Um, I don't think anyone who won as much as him would come into a season and say, yeah, I'll play power forward, you know? Um, so for him to finally come around to it and, and really buy into that and see like guys like Bucks or Zay, as you guys know, uh, see guys like legit uh, Nudini, you know, kind of really maximize those roles for those teams and those teams be elite in doing so. I think he's seen that he could really be that for our team. And I think that's helped us a lot, man. Uh, I don't want to just single him out. There's other parts, you know, we've had turn up move around. We've had dead eye move around. Um, but I think, you know, this is that lineup that if, if everyone buys into it, um, we could beat any team in this league for sure. Now, one last point of interest that I want to touch on before we move into uh, talking about Gen G, the brand. Um, often or lately, when you guys are on, on, on broadcast, Dirk will often mention or talk about the different archetypes that Shifty Kai has been, you know, moving back and forth between, you know, how... When did that come up? You know, how did it come up? Did it come up organically? Was it something uh, that came up in discussion between the team, you? Like, how, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, everything we kind of, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not a coach that's just going to say, this is what it is. This is what we're going to do. Um, I want guys, uh, you know, I, I have ideas and, 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 and things of that sort, and we bring them all to the table, but I, I want their opinions too. They're professionals as well. They play this game more than anybody. And, uh, and, and I really respect their opinions in that sort. So, uh, we, we all come together and we, and we say, you know, like, so for instance, going into the blazer series, um, that whole week, the first Blazer series, the regular season series, that whole week we were scrimmaging. We scrimmaged the best of the best teams. We were, you know, we played the Raptors, we played the Warriors, um, and we were getting the results we wanted. And 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 Kai was on this offensive threat build, and uh, we just saw a fluidity with it that um, felt elite. And so. Um, we knew though, you know, there has to be some trust with that build. It's not a build that's going to finish 50 points in the paint. Um, it's a build that everyone's going to be up to, everyone's going to be, uh, counted on to hit their jumpers, hit their shots. Um, so there's some risk with it. So we came into that, that, that day, uh, Kai came in, everyone came in and I, I brought it up. I'm like, Kai, you comfortable going on the offensive threat? And he's like, really, it's up to everyone else. Like if, 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 if they think I should be on it, let's do it. And everyone was like, yeah, we love that build, you know? And you can kind of see it when he's on that build, it gets kind of everyone else more involved. Uh, he's able to do certain things that he's not necessarily able to do on the other build. Um, and uh, and you saw it, you know, like uh, our, our offense is just, it's so, I mean, our offense is always fast. I think we're probably the highest paced team in the, in the league, even with them on a slasher, even with them on the, the scoring machine but um but with him on this build man you it's hard because the center step in if the center steps we got this thing we could do we got that thing we could do you know i, I don't want to give up too much cause, no. you know uh but there's just so much we can do with it um i think we overthink a little bit as far as like you saw yesterday um he went from scoring machine to offensive threat to score machine uh we do that because he's more comfortable on east uh, on a build that can score in the paint a little bit better in case there's a little bit of the delay on a shot. He can't find a shot. Other guys can't find their shot. Um, so, but even this morning, I think we looked at it because we won the game. He was on the, the offensive threat. Um, right. And we decided to opt back, go into the scoring machine. I think we should, or we all think, looking back now on it, we should have kept him on that offensive threat. Uh, but I think we just kind of had the, a little bit of uh, reservations with it just because um, it was on East. But I think you'll see more and more us getting a little bit more comfortable playing with that build on East as well. Um, but yeah, that so that that's kind of how it's all came from. Uh, he's, he's a guy who he's going to find everything out in the game. Uh, he's tried every build, every point guard build probably every shooting guard build as well. And uh, so, so yeah, I mean, he, he likes that build. The team likes that build and that's kind of how he came to it. No, that's great insight, Len. I, I think we, we definitely have to touch on the fact that, you know, despite there being, you know, expansion teams in season two and, you know, expansion teams being in season three, uh, you and the rest of the team have the distinction of, uh, bringing in the first ever expansion team that doesn't have a, an NBA affiliate, um, obviously being Gen G. What's it like being the head coach of the first international franchise in the 2K League? It's dope, man. Like, I think so. The perspective of it is like, um, you know, not affiliated with an NBA franchise, but we're affiliated, or we are a, you know actual esports company mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and our organization uh where we're playing next door the csgo you know w w we may be in a in a regular season game in our room while the csgo teams in in a in a in a tournament uh in the room next door you know so really? We're, really? yeah we're like in a in a facility that's just engulfed in gaming uh and i think i think that's been an experience as well you know it's it's really cool seeing um what what esports has become it's it's really cool seeing you know how much gaming has has become a career possibility uh just for so many people and um so to be a part of that's been been, been pretty amazing 
the funny thing with not being uh, affiliated with the NBA franchise, we actually have, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure if he's like, a, uh, what, like what, what ties he actually has to, to the, to the company, but he's actually like really close with like the owners uh, is uh, Chris Bosch. He actually like three weeks ago, uh, I think we were going into the Knicks game. Uh, he actually talked with the team over Zoom uh, and was kind of giving us insight on like how the Heat uh, won their championships, kind of the adversities they faced. So it's kind of cool. Still not even having like the ties to NBA uh, to an NBA franchise, we still were able to kind of get um, one of the NBA guys out to talk to us and stuff, and that that that's been pretty cool too. So, uh, but yeah, all in all, man, just just being part and part of like just a, a gaming organization. Uh, they're great, man. And I think even for them, like seeing like the whole NBA 2K side of things, it's been really cool for them to experience as well. Uh, you know, because they're so used to Overwatch and League of Legends, mm -hmm. CSGO. Uh, seeing this different different uh, aspect, we're screaming in that room, man. And uh, it's kind of like a different uh, di different vibe when, 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 uh, when we're on and going. Yeah, no, exactly. I Two more questions. Uh, you guys proudly took the first player to ever be drafted from China, uh, Lucky Wesley, I believe. Um, how important was it for the organization to be able to at least, you know, lead the way with promoting the sport um, and the league in general on a global scale? Because we, you know, we know the NBA prides itself on being an international brand. So how how big was that for you and the rest of the Gen G team? I mean, it's huge. I mean, even for me, prior to getting to Gen G, I've always been an uh, advocate for international prospecting, international talent. I think with um, even when you look at the growth of the NBA, the reason it's so big today, you know, drafting Yao Ming, uh, the superstars like Giannis, uh, Luca, like those guys are integral for where the um, where the NBA's growth has gone uh, so far today. And uh, so I think, you know, coming before coming into the league, I, I, I've always been uh, adamant or or just uh, uh, more so in favor of uh, more and more teams taking the international talent serious. It's kind of unfortunate with, you know, uh, yeah, how, how online play works and they, these guys aren't really able to showcase their talent against um, uh, top tier American talent. But I think if we're able to bridge that gap more and more, I think you'll see more and more guys get into this league, show that they can play. And uh, I mean, you look at the guys who are in, uh, the, you know, in years past and, and this year, like you look at a guy like Joe Mar, right? Who's from Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still like a associated with the US, but I, um, you know, he's a guy from Puerto Rico that, you know, necessarily, the the competitive scene may have not taken serious and year in year out he's playing like a great player you know you look at guys like haza you know there's there's got there's international guys who get into this league and they and they really uh can hang with these guys so i i, I think it'd be foolish to say that uh the u.s is is the only hub for for elite talent uh in nba 2k um but uh once we once I was able to get here and 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 we had the uh, the the objective of, of bringing in someone from uh, the international pool, uh, seeing how well um, Lucky played in the uh, APAC tournament, I think it was just a hand in hand uh, uh, relationship. Like he, he he's a. Uh, it's been unfortunate that he hasn't been able to actually come and be engulfed in the environment and. And, right. and be a part of the actual team, uh, you know, in person. But he's done a really good job of communicating with all of us. Uh, we communicate a lot over Discord. Even yesterday or two days ago, he, you know, we play the Grizz um, when regular season resumes uh, on Tuesday. And he already had, like, like he, he's he's doing those scatter reports and stuff, helping me out, uh, shot charts and, and, and looking at, like, point guards Tennessee's telling me what Vandy likes to do what Vandy doesn't like to do so it's it's he's he's doing uh you know as much as he can you know being as far as he is uh but yeah hopefully 
you know, the season's going fast. We're really hoping he could still get over here and, and really be a part of uh, the team in person. And, and, and yeah, we're excited for that. That's great to hear how, how involved he is. It was a little bit, it was touched on a little bit in last night's locked in episode. Um, Final question. Talk about the league's recent partnership with the EGG network uh, and, and how big that is for your franchise, especially, you know, you had mentioned all the international stars in the NBA drawing eyeballs in onto the product and onto the league. Um, so how, how, how great was that? Was it, was it to hear that announcement? Yeah. I mean, uh, even going back to last year when they had Tencent uh, as well, like um, I think, you know, the more eyes, the better. You're seeing it on ESPN now. Um, you're seeing it on the EGG network now. Uh, that stuff's huge. You know, you want more eyes. You want more interest. Uh, and whatever you can do to to make that happen, I'm always for that. Um, I think when you look at esports, Asia is huge. Like it's it's a uh, Asia's really the market that 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 favors esports. They they you know they. You look at like what League of Legends is doing out there, and even like Overwatch, all those things. Um, you you want if you're NBA 2K, you really want to 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 dive into that market. So here in Tencent last year, EGG this year, it's always exciting news in my opinion. Yeah. Now a lot of big things happening for you, Len. Uh, a lot of big things happening for your team. Uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, our chat. Thank you so much. It, it was very generous of you to kind of give you. Uh, for you to kind of give us the time that you did today. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Uh, uh, and I love what you guys are doing over there at Dimer, obviously. Uh, lo- love all the, the stuff you're doing with like the Raptors and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm tuned in, man. I love the content. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, the Gen G Tigers of Shanghai are going to be back in action uh, as the NBA 2K League resumes its regular season schedule in week seven. You guys are going to take on the Grizz Gaming. It should be a good one on Tuesday. Uh, Len, real quick before we go, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Len underscore 2K. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much where you'll find all things 2K League with me. Awesome. We'll take a quick break here, uh, but right afterwards, uh, we'll be bringing on our additional guests. You're watching the Win by Two podcast powered by Dimer 2K. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Win by Two podcast, powered by Dimer 2K. I am your host, Christian Charisma. A quick thanks to Coach Len of Gen G for stopping by to help us usher in this new show. Uh, up next, I have Lucas Seehofer. Did I get that? Yes, that is correct. Perfect, perfect. Lucas Seehofer, managing editor for A Wolf Among Wolves, uh, basically a website dedicated to covering the Minnesota Timberwolves of the NBA, Minnesota Lynx of the WNBA, and then of course, uh, the T-Wolves Gaming of the NBA 2K League. Lucas, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me on. Perfect. Um, let's just kind of change, switch gears here for a second and, and talk NBA ball. Uh, you had a chance recently to speak with Josh Okogie. Uh, the young, super long, uh, and athletic guard out of Georgia Tech. Uh, talk a little bit about his involvement with the local organization there, Change Starts With Me. Yeah, so uh, as I'm sure everyone's well aware, uh, with the, the killing of, of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis police, uh, there, Minneapolis in general uh, and kind of the surrounding communities, suburbs and whatnot, um, have, have really been in a state of uh, unrest and healing. Um, and one of the people that's really stepped up in the community to try and uh, help everybody else, you know, rebuild, uh, you know, continue with that healing process um, has been Timberwolves guard Josh Okoge. Um I met up with him the other day uh, at a, uh, it was essentially a food drive and a essential uh, items drive. Um, 
and just spoke to him about, you know, what it means for him to be involved uh, with the community, you know, uh, how important it is for people with his kind of high profile and, and, and large platform to, to be involved in these types of, uh, um, you know, uh, civil, civil servitude, so to speak. Um, and yeah, and the thing, uh, the thing about Josh is that he's, he's a very um, empathetic, uh, very much wants to help um, and, and that really came out uh, in the conversation I had with him. And uh, for people who are, who are more interested in specifics, you can uh, head to awolfamongwolves.com and you can kind of check out the whole piece. Yeah, no, and then uh, kind of just going through that piece, I got the feeling that he's an active member of the community. He's not just, you know, the athlete. He, he does really take pride in, in what he's able to contribute off the court as well. Yep, yep. He, he made sure to mention that, you know, being active off the court is something that's super important to him. Um, when Steven Jackson, uh, the former NBA player, made his way up to Minneapolis because he was a, a good friends with George Floyd, uh, him and Carl Anthony Towns were the, were the two members of the Timberwolves uh, who were, you know, standing alongside Jackson, Jackson as he uh, gave a few talks uh, in downtown Minneapolis. So uh, to see the, the, the young Wolves involved uh, has been uh, very encouraging. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, obviously, after finishing with a record of 19 and 45, I believe, uh, Minnesota's season uh, unfortunately came to an end once the NBA announced its uh, plan to return to action in late July there in Florida. Uh, now, strictly speaking from a T-Wolves perspective, fans likely have their eyes set on the draft, but with a predicted shortened offseason, uh, Lucas, how wild and unique do you expect it to get for the Timberwolves? Yeah, so I think in terms of, you know, if you look at it strictly from a financial standpoint, things that, you know, the Timberwolves are never major spenders in free agency. It's, it's tough to convince high-level uh, basketball players to come to Minnesota uh, for a variety of factors. Um, however, if you look at uh, the kind of the, the track record of the Timberwolves' new uh, president, uh, or relatively new uh, president of basketball operations, uh, Gerson Rosas, um, it seems like he's, you know, he's, he'll do anything that it takes to make the team better. Uh, you know, when the, uh, when he took over last June, he came in promising that he was going to be aggressive and he was going to be willing to make moves and do whatever it takes to make the, the Timberwolves better. And by the end of the, the 2019-20 uh, season, only two of the players who were on the roster at the beginning of the season were, were left around, and that was uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Um I think as far as, you know, what they're going to do in free agency, uh, they're going to have the uh, middle-level exception, which they should be able to uh, to sign a player with, probably the non-taxpayer uh, mid-level mid-level exception, so they have a little bit more than somebody who's in the luxury tax. Um, they'll probably re-sign um, two guys that they picked up from the Denver Nuggets in a trade trade deadline deal in Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez, um, and then obviously they'll be active in uh, probably be active in trades. Uh, you know, wouldn't surprise me if we saw a trade on draft night, that kind of stuff. So it has the potential to be uh, relatively active, um, but more likely in retaining players that are already on the roster and through trades more so than true free agency. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see how it plays out. Now, assuming you don't trade the pick, um, I know as a fan after a long season. Uh, that reward at the end of like an alluring draft pick was also always something that was exciting to me as a fan. And I know last year you had picked the, the T Wolves had picked later in the lottery. You know, assuming you keep the pick, and I, I know off the air I said it, I'd refrain from talking draft. But assuming you keep the pick, uh, there are a lot of options there. Absolutely, and and the Wolves are kind of in a uh, lucky spot, uh, if you will, or unlucky, depending on your perspective. <laughs> uh, that they're going to have three picks, most likely in the top 33. Uh, so um, from an optimist viewpoint, that's essentially three first round draft picks. Uh, you know, it, it depends on if Brooklyn uh, holds on to that, uh, to their playoff spot, which it seems all but guaranteed. Uh, I think they'd have to lose out and the Wizards would have to win out or something like that in order for it to happen. So um, look for the Wolves to have three draft picks. And yeah, the, there, there's no, you know, major superstar probably that's going to be available through the Jeff, but there should be plenty of, uh, of athletes that are uh, at least project as contributors at the NBA level. So it's always an exciting time around here when we're, <laughs> when you're looking at the top potential top five draft picks, but hopefully in the near future, those top five draft picks are going to stop coming our way. <laughs> yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Um, 
switching gears here again, uh, we have T-Wolves Gaming of the NBA 2K League. They're in a completely opposite scenario where they are now the defending NBA 2K League champions. Um, you've come out a with a lot of content uh, involving the T-Wolves lately. Uh, you had a chance to sit down with the reigning MVP of the finals last year, uh, Bear the Beast, and after a hot start, they, they seem to have maybe lost a tiny bit of steam. Um, what are your impressions of the team's performance so far? And just based off your conversations that you've had with the team, you know, what can we expect moving forward as they return to regular season play? Yeah, so uh, T-Wolves Gaming has really been a team of high highs and low lows uh, so far this year. You know, they started off the season getting just destroyed by Hawks talent in, in straight uh, games. And then they rip off like I think they won 11 of 12 individual games at, at one point and then uh, they ultimately lost have lost their uh, last four individual games got knocked out in the group stage uh, in, in the tip off um, you know I think when when Tim when T-Wolves Gaming are clicking on all levels and by that I mean uh, they're making uh, lots of three-pointers they're uh, t winning the turnover battle um, you know with Feast uh, they're obviously always going to be right there in the rebounding battle. When they're doing those things, you could make the argument that they're still a top two or three team in the NBA 2K League. The issue for them so far is that when those things aren't clicking on all cylinders, it, it, they seem to tank pretty quickly. Um, over the last few games, uh, Jay Money uh, has kind of been, and Bear the Beast have been struggling from three. Uh, Bear the Beast has kind of been struggling with turnovers a little bit lately. Uh, so if they come out of this one week break, um, after the tournament, they come back out and they start shooting more three or uh, make, connecting on more threes, uh, hanging onto the ball. I, I think they'll end up doing a lot better. Uh, as far as adjustments, I think the team is going to make. I think you, we already kind of saw that with the tip-off tournament where they swapped out uh, JoJo for uh, Detoxies um, and then kind of shifted everyone down a position. So JoJo was at the was a shooting guard, um, and then we had um, Jay Money at the three. Uh, and Big Saint, who's really come on of late, uh, both on the offensive and defensive end of the court uh, at the four. So I think the Wolves have the offense to keep up with anybody in the league. It's just really, can they take care of the ball? Can they play defense? Can they make their threes? Yeah, exactly. And just kind of knowing the 2K League and what the T-Wolves were able to do last year, you can never really count them out. They can struggle and just kind of be in a scenario where they're finding themselves for most of the season. And then just like in the NBA, if you're clicking at the right moment, you know, it can all fall into place. Exactly. And I, the, the way I look at it is kind of uh, kind of like Major League Baseball. On any given night, any team can beat any team. But the uh, generally speaking, the, the best teams will win out in a, you know, over the course of series. Um, I think the Wolves are a playoff team. I think they could be dangerous in the playoffs. It's just, uh, you know, being more consistent. Yeah. Now, final question. Though the league is still new, you know, only three seasons in, uh, you did publish some data on a wolfamongwolves.com uh, stating that there's been a significant in increase in, in Twitch viewership, 102%. What do you think has been the reason for that growth? Uh, I think it's a it's a couple of things. I think it would be foolish not to mention the, the, the lack of sports, um, it just in general. Um, being a factor uh, that people want to, you know, they just want some semblance of sports and then the NBA 2K League is able to provide that. I also think that the NBA 2K League, the, the overall product is very similar to what people would expect in an actual game of, of NBA basketball. Um, a lot of the uh, things that make you successful in the 2K League, you know, we've already talked about shooting threes, limiting turnovers, getting rebounds. I mean, those are the things that make you successful in the actual NBA. Um, so really the only thing that's crazy different, I would say, is that generally speaking, people have better three point percentages, field goal percentages, <laughs> right. but, but, but overall it's, it's a very similar product. Um, and then also just esports, they're just going to continue to grow. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, kind of like YouTube back in the day where it, it started off as a somewhat small platform and then it, it just exploded. I think Twitch is going to, you know, it's kind of in the same process where, uh, people like watching people play video games, and if you can make the league compelling, and if you can build it around, you know, people and stars that are compelling, um, like Bear to Beast, like uh, Mama and That Man, like Kenny Got Work, like if you can build the league around those players, people are going to flock to them just because they're uh, they're interesting people to watch and they're interesting people to listen to. Yeah, just like it's parent organization, the NBA is driven by stars, so I, I totally agree. Um, with that said, Lucas, uh, thank you for stopping by. 
Uh, obviously, for anyone that's listening, check out a wolfamongwolves.com uh, for your latest news, features, and, and just basically a great source for anything related to the Minnesota Timberwolves, T-Wolves Gaming, and of course, the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, Lucas, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, Seehofer underscore, that's S-E-E-H-A-F-E-R underscore, uh, and then you can follow a Wolf Among Wolves at uh, at A-W-A-W blog. Perfect. I'd love for you to kind of come back on again. Maybe we can talk more T-Wolves gaming and more Timberwolves ball. Yeah, I'd love to be back whenever you'll have me. You're listening to the Win by 2 podcast powered by Dimer 2K. Welcome back to the Win by Two podcast, powered by Dimer 2K. I'm really excited to welcome our first ever player guest on the show, Zay of Hornets Venom GT. Man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your really, really busy day to join us. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me for the inaugural episode, man. It really means a lot. Now, the moment I knew, Zay, I, that we had to have you on the show for the first episode is when I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed and I stumbled onto Mama's Freak Show for the first time. And you were one of the guests that were brought on. And you know he likes to bait people on the show, but you handled yourself really, really well. And when you had gotten off, I remember specifically Mama saying, it looks like Zay's been PR trained and he, you know, he's been trained well. Yeah, man. I mean, look, like, like I said, you know, the Hornets organization, you know, they've done a great job with the PR, right? You know, I, I took in a lot of the info that they can give me and, you know, just having fun with it at the end of the day, right? It's all about, you know, content. And so just trying to show off that, hey, you can do a little bit of both. You know, you can have, you know, have the content and also show like, yeah, you know, I can, you know, I know the limits, right? You can know the limits of every situation. Exactly. Now, getting into it, I, I know, like by now your fans know your story. Uh, taken in the first round of this year's draft, 19th overall. But let's bring it back a little bit, you know, before it, just to kind of provide some context on your journey. For those that don't know, uh, this wasn't your first attempt to get into the league. You actually tried before. So I think like in 2018, talk about that feeling of not getting past the first stage, I think. Right, yeah. So uh, season two, uh, well, season one, I didn't even try at all, right? No, I just... It was weird, you know, I was going through some things, but I actually was really interested in doing it, but it just circumstances in my life just didn't allow me to even, you know, do the qualifications at hand. But in season two, I made the right, I made it through the qualifications to go to the combine and I didn't even make it out the combine. I didn't even make it out the first step, you know, the first uh, cutout basically. How, like, how tough was that for you, especially knowing that even at that time, like you had all the talent in the world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it was devastating. I mean, but also it, it kind of like, it was kind of representation of, you know, your time is going to come. And it's like, kind of like, <clears throat> I, you know, I had the skill set, right? I did everything I could possible, right? You know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, winning games was the biggest issue for me. You know, everything else that came with it, you know, I was doing, I was excelling in, you know, within the stats, within, you know, managing some games. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's focused on, so, you know, again, it's all about winning. It's all about making that win percentage get high and, at the end of the day, you know, I didn't get that complete. So I didn't make out the first, you know, the first cutoff. And like I said, it was devastating. And, you know, it fueled a lot in me for like the coming, you know, times mm -hmm, and, you mm -hmm. know, for, for what happens now. Now, headed into this year's pre-draft process, you, before the combine, you actually competed in the Mavs tournament. And you ended up winning that tournament and you earned the reward, which was a spot in the draft pool. How much of a relief was that for you? And let me tell you something. So I was in school at the time, right? And, you know, this was this was kind of like, you know, it kind of like how the MG the last dance. This was kind of like my last time. <laughs> could be completely real true because this was my last attempt. I was for like just fully focused on 2K. And, uh, you know, I told, you know, I told my mother, I told, you know, a lot of my family, like, look, I'm going to I'm going to take one more year off of school just to commit to all of this. And, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, right, if it doesn't work out, then you know what, maybe it was not meant for me. So 
And it's funny because how life is just crazy how, you know, I was solely focused on the combine, right? I was solely focused on the combine, just preparing it. And then, you know, one day I get hit up like, yo, let's play in this math tournament. I'm like, okay, you know, we can do that. So knowing me, I've never been out to, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I've never been out of Chicago before in my life, you know? And the first time I ever leave, I go to Dallas, Texas, you know, <laughs> by myself. And it's, and the, the amount of crazy, you know, Air, air, airport stories I could tell you of me not knowing where my luggage is like I was just lost you know I didn't know what I was doing I was like well okay well I made it to Dallas so when I made it to Dallas and my job you know obviously it was just to compete and win right to get a spot in the pool I did that you know and you know looking back at it you know to, to comp- prepare for the combine and then just saying well hold on hold on you already got a spot my guy like you <laughs> you you play great in the tournament and you you know play good enough obviously to get a spot and so that kind of changed everything for me at that point. You know, it kind of changed my mindset. It changed everything that, you know, you're good now. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't have to worry. No, you're good now. You can take care of what you can take care of for the time being, right? Still, I play Pro-Am, you know, here and there, right? I still mm-hmm, had a name. To, I still had a name to bring out, you know, and this tournament obviously helped that a lot, you know. Yeah. With, the, you know, my reputation and, you know, I guess my stock you know, in the coming draft. Exactly. And, you know, you talked about preparing for the combine and then out of nowhere, surprisingly, winning the Mavs tournament, getting your spot, and you still ended up playing in the combine. Was it because you had put so much work into it or you just kind of wanted to, again, keep your stock up? So you you have to still at the end of the day. Uh, it's still a uh, – it's still something that, you know, everybody who won the, the pool spot, you know, league tournaments, they all have to play in the combine, including, you know, even players like myself. So – but it's funny, though, because it's like, you know, when I was playing in the combine, you know, I was still like, I was still kind of getting at it, you know, like I was still a little, you know, still, I, you know, I was still playing just like as if it was just like, you know, I still didn't have, a, you know, uh, a spot, in, you know, in the pool, you know, just because it's like I prepared so much for it because it's like I'm not letting this combine beat me again. Like I'm not letting it, it cannot happen. Right. You know, right. and so, you know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you know, obviously, you know, you just you, it's in the back of your head. Like, yeah, you got the full spot. So you're chilling. But. I said my competitive nature is always like, you still got to perform, you still got to play out no matter what, you know? Of course. Now, you know, past the combine, you get into the interview stages for the first time. Uh, did you end up interviewing with several different teams? And if so, obviously, you know, you got chosen by the Hornets ultimately. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and so I have no issue saying, you know, I got interviewed by, I'm pretty sure it was over 12 teams. You know, it was, it was a decent amount of teams that kind of knew, you know, who I was and uh you know what i could bring to the table so it was a you know it was a blessing right it was obviously you know it was, it was real nice to see a lot of teams interested you know and you know it was just going through the process was just you know it was awesome too you know for exactly for someone who didn't make it you know someone who and i, I speak for other people too right that just who were new to this you know the whole interview setting up times you know talking with people just getting to know them you know at the end of the day you know you're just you're getting to know the 2k league family and the personalities that come with it and so for, for me doing that you know i got to, I, I got more pleasure in getting to know the guys you know over you know just potentially being you know part of the team right because it's like you know not you know you only can get drafted to one team right so it's like for the most part you, you try you're really just getting to know these guys and it's been awesome you know, meeting all the guys for, for at that time for the first time right now can you can you tell us that you walk away from like any interviews feeling like, oh man, like, you know, this might be the team. I'm, I might get picked up by this, you know, this franchise. Yeah, I mean, franchise. I, I, I got no issue. So Hornets obviously were one of them, right? Hornets were a team that, you know, obviously knew my talents, you know, because it's like, it's to, you know, me being a power forward, it's very, uh, it, it's kind of, it's a little iffy, you know, because if you're a point guard, they're all, you know, so you, it's, it's clear on what they need, right? Mm-hmm, but a power mm-hmm. forward, like myself, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of brought in this new face of you can be aggressive. You can be a very, you know, instrumental part of an offense as of being a power forward, as if I played on a finisher you know, slasher build all pre-draft while everybody was using, you know, the rebounding wings and the glass cleaners that could shoot. And uh, a lot of teams were kind of, you know, speaking on that, like, yo, you know, what's it like, you know, can you be a part of the offense? What is, what is your focus on defense? And, you know, at the end of the day, the defense was my only focus. That's how, that's how I was known. Offense was just something I say, always say I always worked on. This was, this was something I always worked on continuously. And so, you know, a lot of teams, you know, kind of questioned that they're like, Oh, you know, how would you feel if maybe, you know, you weren't getting the ball that much, 
you know, or how would you feel if you were one of the main players or you got the most shot attempts? You know, they kind of they threw a lot of things at me. And, you know, I'll just name a, I'll just name a couple of teams that just kind of knew me the best. It was the Warriors, Hornets, Genji, and uh, and I, and that's about it. You know, that's <laughs> I, think, I think those are the fair groups of teams I'd say knew me the best. Right, you know, and right. it could be because of players that they played on, you know, players on that team. You know, it could be obviously the management itself, the GMs, you know, coach, obviously tune in a lot and knew who I was coming into this. I really wanted to know who I am and what I could bring to the team. Now, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought up your playing style, you know, trying to show everyone that you can do more at that four spot. Uh, I'm hoping I can bring up this graphic on the screen, but uh, in response to another Twitter user, you actually tweeted, you know, average power forwards are three and D, but these power forwards can do more than that. And so now you you fast forward to today and you're trying to lead the change in like just revamping the meta in the league. Like how, how important was it for you to make it known that no, a a power forward can be a big part of this offense? Cause clearly, I mean, you knew the vibes even from way back when. Man, I don't know how you found that, man. I was like, I thought like once you went through half the sentence, like, oh my God, I did say that before. I was probably over, that was over a year ago, wasn't Mm -hmm, it? mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's no, it's no, it's no secret, you know, who you are, like the way I play the power forward is just kind of who I am as a person, you know, unique, creative, innovative, uh, just different, you know, I'm more, I come, I come, you know, obviously I learned a lot from like the day fries, you know, like the, the shots, red winners, feast, uh, I mean, I can go on and on, right? Like all these power forwards that came through, you know, and set the kind of tone from season two, at least, you know, with the pure post scores, the rim sharps, obviously were as good as you can get. And then the stretch athletics. And, you know, from season one, you had the shot, uh, shot slashers that kind of resembled power for you, if you, you want to say it. And so that was kind of my motivation, right? Seeing all those guys perform, you know, incredibly. And I was like, man, I can do this too. You know, I was like, there's no different for me. I can do the same thing too. All I need is, you know, all I need is a chance. And so Doing that kind of inspired me to work on my craft more and more. And I was always a great defender. You know, I was always, defense was always my, you know, my main, my main thing. But offense, I remember Dave Fry too was always telling me, you know, back in the day, he said, yo, you got to work on your offense, you know, making, being a better offensive player will get you to the top tier. And so that's why I worked that continuously, finding angles, you know, learning how to use, you use the post a lot. And you can see, obviously, with this year, you know, it pays off, right? And uh, just finding, you know, like I said, finding the angles, knowing when to use a specific move, when to hop step, when to reverse layup, when to do a post serve versus post fade, shimmy fade, you know, my move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like all those things, you know, those, it's, I said, and I, and I said this before, you know, when you, when you work hard, you know, this, and you don't just wake up doing this, you know, I continuously work every single day in scrims, practices, and just test things out. And I want to shout out my team too, because my team at the end of the day, Dave are the ones that gave me this platform, right? It's if it wasn't for them, if they didn't want so accepting and so understanding that, hey, I have these skill sets and we need to take advantage of Zay's ability to score and you know create for himself, then you know who knows who knows what kind of player I would be. But there's no other team I would want to be with because this team easily, easily, you know, took advantage of me the most and you know allowing me to be myself at the end of the day. Now I want, I want to touch in on that. Like, how does that? How does something like that come up? You know, because I know in your first game against the Cavs, you, you were all re- you look comfortable putting up double digit shot attempts. And so was this something you brought up to Coach Wes and Nacho or did they bring it up to you? Like, how did how did that all come up as you guys are trying to put together your game plan headed into the season? Yeah. So uh, Wes and Nacho, I mean, they're they're phenomenal. I mean, they they scout really well. And so. Even, even, you know, even for the fact that, hey, I'm playing on a glass cleaner, they knew, like, well, let's see what he looks like trying to score, right? Let's see what it looks like. Because, you know, we have four rookies on the team. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you can be exceptional as you can be exceptional, you know, as good as you could be. But hey, you're still a rook. So this, you know, when times comes and it's situations where you play against, you know, veteran players who know, know how the ropes go with, like, pressuring and really tuning into the game. And you need to rely on a teammate, like, yo, I need help, I need help that's where it comes through. And so they were like, okay, well, in cases where, you know, the game's looking like, okay, well, you know, the, the backcourt is kind of looking a little iffy, we can throw it out to the corner and you can work for us for a little bit. And this obviously happened during scrims, right? So it, it was signs of scrims, right? I go to the game and, you know, I get the ball and I just work out a little bit and it, it, it worked out. 
So Wes was like, okay, well, that worked out. Let's, let's just see a little bit more of it. Let's see how it looks if we continue to do it. And then from continuing to do it, it turned into, okay, well, let's run some sets through him. <laughs> from sets, it, it turns out to be actual plays for me, right? And so, you know, it, it started off with just me just posting up. And then, you know, Ty brought in a great idea where, hey, you know, free boards is actually a pretty useful thing in this game, right? It's resemblance of season one. And, you know, it, it helps us a lot because being a rookie team, you know, you know, us conserving the clock and juicing the clock as much as we can, especially when we have a lead, works out works out for our favor a lot. Right, and, right. You know, it saved us a lot of games playing that way. You know, it's it's a real. I'll be honest with you, it's it's not the most fun to watch at the end of the day. You know, just shooting up freeze and you know wasting clock. But you know, we 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 want to do whatever we can to win the game, right? And you know, if if that's if 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 my jersey is called to say, hey, we need you to do this, this, that, and third, you know, and I'm all for it. You know, because at the end of the day, all I care about is winning and just succeeding as overall as a team. Right. Now, switching gears a little bit before we wrap up, um, I know you're a big Jay-Z fan. You're a big Nas fan. You, you like Kendrick Lamar. Like, what, what influence did these guys have on you growing up? And, and, and you know, what what songs are you listening to pregame? Like, what's on your playlist? Uh, so, growing up, uh, you know, I kind of grew up a little uh, – I grew up a little bit fast, you know. I kind of I kind of had to – be the man, not so-and-so in the house. You know, I kind of had to do a lot of things early when I was like 14, 15, 16, you know? And I don't know, like it just, that my mature nature of like just who I was, you know, I, when I first listened to Jay-Z, you know, it was probably like on some random stuff. And I'm like, oh, this guy kind of hit, you know, I like this, I, you know, I'm, I can mess with this. And so, you know, overall, I always listen to it. So Nas, you know, he's talking about, you know, uh, you know, all the great songs and inspirations that he says from his own, like coming up, right. Obviously influenced me a lot, you know, just like that being the lyric lyricist, you know, and someone who's very passionate about, you know, himself, you know, the world and everything around it. And same with Hove, you know, he's someone that, you know, kind of started up the generation that came through for these new artists, you know, these new coming artists like J. Cole's, Lamar's and such like that. And so, you know, blueprint. I mean, if you come into my house one day, I have, I'm telling you, I have at least five different vinyls of, you know, some of my favorite albums, like of Nas's Nasir, is one of the more recent albums. And then The Lost Tapes. Then you have uh, Jay-Z's, you know, In My Lifetime. And then you have The Blueprint, my overall favorite album of all time, The OG Blueprint. There's not, I'm telling you right now, there's no other album that has not, it has a hit for every song. There's no, there's no songs you're like, hey, I might want to skip every single one of them you're listening to throughout the whole time. And then, um, you know, my pregame, you know, honestly, my pregame, I don't like Lil Wayne's kind of my guy. Okay. <laughs> More of a Lil Wayne kind of guy. I mean, I'm talking about his mixtapes, like the breakup with uh, uh, No Ceilings. Like that, that's that, that's that stuff that I listen to every day and just get pumped up to. And I won't lie, you know, I listen to a little R&B. I'm not going to lie. You know, a little R&B doesn't kill nobody. You got to slow it down a little bit. <laughs> you know, I got to, you know, you got you know, you got a little, you know, like give it, get a little different mood going mm -hmm, to, you know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. a little R&B, you know, it, it always, you know, a little Usher never hurts nobody. No, you know? not at all. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like to listen to. And, you know, as to why I listen to those guys, you know, I'm from Chicago. I don't, you know, you're supposed to, you know, where you're from is just kind of what you're supposed to listen to. But in my heart, you know, music wise, New York is like, it, you know, it, that's all I listen to at the end of the day. Right. Now, before we let you go, Zay, uh, let's talk a little bit about your team, uh, the Hornets Venom. Uh, you guys are sitting at five and two uh, with your only losses coming to the Raptors and the Wizards. What's the mindset uh, of your team headed into week seven as we get past the tip-off tournament? Yeah, so uh, first, you know, pretty much first half of the season, you know, it went pretty well. You know, I mean, I won't be too hard on myself, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we lost to the two, you know, arguably top three teams in the league. And so uh, it hurts because one of them was a game three against the Raptors that we could have adjusted very well and then kind of, you know, came out with a little more better game plan. And then the Wizards, I mean, both, I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, you've seen with the tip-off. I mean, it, those are gritty guys. All those Wizards players are gritty and, you know, it got dirty, you know, those games. And it's, I love it and I hate it at the same time. And so, you know, I don't hang my head too low on those losses, but, you know, I'm overall, we've had a pretty great season so far. A lot of, you know, we've shocked a lot of people at the end of the day. You know, a lot of people didn't really, you know, people expected us to be, you know, pretty good, but not like this though. And, you know, second half of the season, we're looking just to keep pushing that momentum. You know, we have a tough matchup coming up really on the, I'm pretty sure it's on Tuesday. We have the Jazz. We're looking really good right now. And so, 
you know, once we get through, you know, these couple of tough teams, you know, we, you know, we just find our groove, finding, you know, we kind of have our identity at this point, but we just want to you know, implement more and then, you know, kind of conserve a playoff spot because we, we, we've always believed we're a team that's going to make playoffs and make a lot of noise. And so we're doing a little bit of that, but, you know, I, we still, you know, we still got a lot of work on and we still have a lot to prove at the end of the day. Right. Well, regardless, you know, you guys deserve all the success you guys have coming to you. Uh, Zay, where can our listeners find you on social media? Okay, so on Twitter, I'm at Zay Bucks, just Z-A-E-B-U-C-K-S, and same thing on Instagram. Follow me both on there. <laughs> Perfect. Again, Zay, thank you for coming onto the show, uh, and, and congratulations, man, on getting drafted and, and getting an opportunity to live out your dream. Yeah, man, I mean, well, I... Never gonna take advantage of it. You know, take rent, take this for granted. You know, this is. You know, I hope anybody who's willing to succeed in becoming this gets to this because this is once in a lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. So right after this quick break, uh, we'll wrap everything up on the very first episode of the Win by Two podcast, powered by Dimer Two K. That's it, everybody. That wraps up the inaugural episode, the pilot of the Win by Two podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, a quick thanks to our team at Dimer for giving me the platform to do this. Thank you to our guests, Coach Len, uh, Lucas Seehofer, and Zay of Hornets Venom GT. Uh, you guys are always welcome back. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Uh, you guys can follow this brand uh, on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, like, comment, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at one on one Chris. And then again, search Win by Two Podcasts on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. I will see you guys next week.